Edition of Let Our Gladness Banish Sadness. It's a hymn in our hymnal, and it is also talked about in the Lutheran Worship Hymnal Companion. The companion says we're not sure who the author is, but the hymnal has the author being Yorhov Tronovsky who died in 1637. It's a bohemian tune from the 12th century. And originally it was in six stanzas. We have it in three in our hymnal. And the first four stanzas were discovered in 1872. They were dated 1420 from Bohemia. But later the hymn appeared in the handwritten Latin and Greek gradual with music notations by Jan Franus in 1505, and again later on by a man named Marinsky, who died in 1492. It enjoyed a two-century circulation and popularity prior to its inclusion in Trandovsky's Lutheran hymnal. And it's prepared in 1978 by the Inter-Lutheran Commission on Worship for inclusion in Lutheran Book of Worship. And is a very well-known tune, although the anonymous tune is associated with this carol. So, let's kind of take a look at it. Oh, what are you asking? Where's Mark Smith? Well, he phoned me this morning about 8.30, coughing, and said, I don't think I should come in today. He's not sure what he has, and we pray it's nothing serious. And so I'm alone by myself taking a look at this hymn, Let Our Gladness Banish Sadness. So without further ado, 
let's kind of examine it. Let our gladness banish sadness all throughout creation. God, whose favor sent our Savior, prays with adoration. He is born in a stall. Now he lies, infant small, in a manger, heavenly stranger, Lord of all. In a manger, heavenly stranger, Lord of all. Now, obviously, this text has some good rhyme in it. And you probably guessed what season of the year it's appropriate for. It's really appropriate for Christmas. It's a Christmas hymn, but we put it during the time of Lent because this is what Lent is really all about. These, this first line is just really excellent. Let our gladness banish sadness. So let's talk about the coronavirus right now. People are very sad about that, and they have reason to be so. There was hardly any traffic on the roads today because there is, I think the President of the United States said you shouldn't be meeting in groups of more than five. And so uh, a lot of restaurants, I'm told, all in Illinois have closed down now. Last night was their last time open as well as grocery stores have long lines and many of the shelves are kind of empty. So a lot of people are are sad because there are some individuals who are not able to work right now because their work entails them being in large crowds and that is really looked down upon right now. And so, fortunately, I was talking to my uh, children who work. They are able to work from home, uh, computers, this kind of thing. And a lot of students, the schools are closed down. For example, when I go up to Macomb, the university has closed down, but they're still having classes through the Internet. So the Fort Wayne Seminary, I still haven't heard about the St. Louis Seminary Uh, They may be closed or not, but what Fort Wayne is doing, the professors are videotaping the class all by themselves. In in other words, they're the only ones on the videotape. It's not in the classroom uh, with other students. And then you can get those videotapes if you're a student and listen to them, do the homework, and maybe even take the test. There appears to be there won't be any delay in the dates of graduation, etc., unless something even worse happens with this virus. But we Christians, and I said this on the promo, we have a different perspective on our sadness because our gladness can banish sadness. The best place you can ever see that is at a Christian funeral. I was at a Jehovah Witness funeral not too long ago when one of my members, who's Lutheran, her sister had died as a Jehovah Witness because they weren't able to give her a blood transfusion she needed. 
Jehovah Witnesses are against that. So she died. So she asked if I would go to the funeral with her to comfort her, and I did. And all the pastor was talking about at the Jehovah Witness Church is that her sister had gone out of existence, but on Judgment Day, God will remember her and bring her back into existence. And then he gave the reasons, and it was one after another of the good works she supposedly had done here on earth, and that's why she was going to be saved. Well, afterwards, I talked to her sister, and she says, I did not recognize her at all from the sermon. She was not the kind of person he was talking about. So we get here how every other religion outside of Christianity, and Jehovah Witness is one of them, really think that your works make a difference as to whether you go to heaven or hell. And what we have discovered is that faith, proper faith in Jesus Christ, his death, his resurrection, and the benefits we receive from it, that's why we are going to heaven, because the Holy Spirit has instilled in us faith. Something Jehovah Witnesses and many other religions have no idea about. So this is how, if you're at a Christian funeral, properly preached, why our gladness, namely that our loved one is in heaven and we will see them again, banishes sadness so that, yes, we grieve, but not as those who have no hope, because we have a sure hope. And what is that hope based on? Not on the works of our loved one, but on the promises of our loving God. And we're supposed to realize that sadness is not just banished in the spiritual realm, but all throughout creation, which means also in the secular realm. So people are going through some great suffering right now. Some of them aren't able to go to work. They're not getting paid. Uh, They're having to stay home with their kids. Kids, the schools are out. And if you have real small kids, well, obviously, they're not having computer programs that they can uh, look at and be taught. I mean, school is just out. And whether it's going to be through the end of March, the end of April, who knows? And so there's a sadness there that sometimes our kids aren't being educated and that we're having to stay home to take care of them. Although my son really likes that because he can work from home and he has more time with the kids now. So there's all kinds of ways in which sadness can be banished. But the real reason why our gladness can banish sadness is the next line. God's whose favor sent our Savior praise with adoration. Now, the word favor is just another word for his grace. Grace, and we talk about this a lot with uh, Mark Smith, if he were here. (laughs) Every week we talk about justice, mercy, and grace. Justice is you get what you deserve, and nobody wants that. Because part of our confession in one of the liturgies is we deserve nothing but temporal and eternal punishment. That's what we deserve. Mercy is not getting what we deserve, namely eternal hell. And grace 
is getting what we don't deserve. So grace is God's favor toward us. And why don't we get what we deserve? Because Jesus is our Savior from getting what we should deserve. And he has saved us by making sure that we can be going to heaven. And that's why we praise him with adoration. The next line, he is born in a stall. Now he lies, infant, small, in a manger, heavenly stranger, Lord of all. Now, I'm sure that even though Jesus was born in a stall, there were more people than just the shepherds who knew about it. There were probably people in the area. Remember, they had relatives, Mary and Joseph, in Bethlehem. That's why they had gone there to be taxed. And there was no room for them in the inn, so they were in this place where the animals were kept. Jesus was born in a stall. And that's why he's a heavenly stranger. Nobody looked at Jesus and said, oh, there's God. No. He didn't have a ring of fire around his head or a Gloria, a division of glory in his head. He's lying in a manger, but even while he's lying in a manger, he's Lord of all. And it is that gladness that can banish our sadness. So the next line is the next witnesses, stanza two. Whom the sages and the ages eagerly awaited, angels proudly herald loudly in their songs elated. Let us too in these days thankful hearts gladly raise to the tender infant render all our praise to the tender infant render all our praise now there's some words in there that it's our suggestion for parents to be going over the hymns that are going to be sung in church the following sunday Uh, Normally, the organist has them by Wednesday, so you could phone the church and just ask, what are the hymns for the coming Sunday? And so let's say uh, this is one of them. Let our gladness banish sadness. Even though it's a Christmas hymn sung during Lent, it is the hymn selected for this Sunday in Lent. And parents should go over this with their children. They may not have it memorized, but at least they'll recognize it when they hear it singing. But some of the words need to be explained to the children. First line, whom the sages and the ages eagerly awaited. Now, I don't think children ever use the word sages. But what does that mean? It's referring to the wise men. And the ages, what would that refer to? Well, that was the ages of the Old Testament people. What were they doing? They were eagerly awaiting for the coming of their Savior. In fact, Eve was so eagerly awaiting after the promise in Genesis 3.15 that through her the Savior would come. 
that when Cain was born, she, in one translation, gives the impression, I have gotten a man, the Lord. She thinks it is the Messiah, when in reality he's the first murderer, not the Messiah. God, in the fullness of time, when he was ready, brought forth the Messiah through Mary, the angel Gabriel, informing her. But all through the Old Testament and the sages, now these were wise men from the East, perhaps Persian. How did they know about? Because when Israel was taken into Babylonian captivity, they shared the message that they had been given from Abraham on and from Adam and Eve on about a Savior coming. And these wise men, they recognized the star and they came to the conclusion that this was the king of the Jews. Remember, they went to Jerusalem and Herod didn't know what they were talking about. And then the star led them to the town of Bethlehem. But they were eagerly awaiting the coming of the Messiah. The next part is about the shepherds. Angels proudly herald loudly. Would you have imagined being there with the shepherds and hearing that throng of angels singing? Because in their songs, they were elated. You know, you don't think of angels being glad. But it says that every time somebody is converted, there's gladness in heaven. Uh, Take a look at Luke 15, the parable of the lost sheep. There's more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents and is saved than over the 99 who don't think they need to repent because they're good enough to get to heaven. Yes, even angels are glad. So then the hymn writer goes on, Let us too, let us also in these days, thankful hearts gladly raise to the tender infant render all our praise. Now, that might be a kind of phrase that little children may not understand. To the tender infant. Tender would mean young, a baby, a small one. Render. What does render mean? Well, if I render food to you, that means I'm giving food to you. And so what are they to render? All their praise. So we've got, first of all, Jesus being born. Then the sages visiting, the shepherds visiting. And now we too render praise to Jesus. Stanza three. Child appealing, light revealing, Jesus Christ, our pleasure. God, yet very Son of Mary, heaven's gift and treasure. Mighty King, gentle friend, as our Lord to us bend. With your blessing, us caressing, now descend. With your blessing, us caressing, now descend. And once more, there's some verbiage here that needs to be explained to children. Child appealing, light revealing. Why is he a child that is appealing to us? Well, you go into a restaurant, 
some of them that are closed now. And I always like going to a place where you can pick your own food and go back about 18 times. And if I find something I really like, I'll go back a bunch of times. What appeals to you? What looks good to you? Well, this child appeals to us because he takes care of our sins. He gives us the robe of righteousness. And even Jesus says that he is the light of the world. And that's in light of many passages in the Old Testament books that talk about people who in darkness sat. Jesus came as the light of the world, and he becomes their pleasure. He's God, yet very son of Mary. So this shows his two natures. He's divine, and he's also human. And he's heaven's gift and treasure. I think it was Dr. Norman Nagel, where I heard this from a lot, who recently passed away and is in heaven. But he would always talk about Christianity and the gospel as gift. It's a gift from God. It's not earned. If, if you go work somewhere, then you get wages. They're due you. They're owed to you. But this forgiveness of sins, this robe of righteousness, these are not owed to you. You didn't purchase them. Now, they were purchased, but not with gold or silver, but with his holy, precious blood, his innocent suffering and death. So there's Jesus right now, whose mighty king, well, who would even attempt to even go and visit the president of the United States? You think you're going to get in the White House just by knocking on the front door? But this mighty king is also a gentle friend. So in that sense, you can pray directly to him. Our Father, who art in heaven, as our Lord to us bend. In other words, he lowers his head, so to speak, to hear our prayers. With your blessing, us caressing, now descend. Yes, that's how much he loves you. He caresses you like a newborn baby is caressed by its parents because that baby is so happy and the parents are filled with great joy. So we have here, let our gladness banish sadness. It's a hymn, although it's in the Christmas season, it becomes the hymn for this particular Sunday in Lent because it talks about the real purpose of Lent where the gladness of Jesus' death and resurrection will banish our sadness. I'm Tom Baker, Tomorrow's Law and Gospel. 
We'll be taking another Lenten passage. God bless. On Gospel each weekday morning at 930 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.